Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Uh, we are currently on Zoom, and usually it gives me a little, uh, we are now recording the podcast automated message, and it didn't this time. So if you were waiting for the intro, that's the reason. Uh, your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here Friday morning. We have our picks last week. Not so good. This week, we're getting back on the horse. So um scott it is again friday morning early uh so as you're listening to this we are basically live i mean to the the extent that you can listen to a live podcast at 7 30 in the morning um what's going on oh what's going on we had a terrible a woeful week did you catch the miami uh virginia game last night <laughs> So I was I was flipping back and forth between that and the uh, Thursday night NFL game, uh, which actually Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence both look pretty good uh, against bad defenses. But yeah, man, that that was a brutal finish. Yeah, I mean Miami just such a knack for um, not winning games. Sometimes it almost seems like they're trying not to win. They had a safety against them. Uh, they doinked the upright. Virginia got a miraculous kind of bounce off the shoulder while everybody's rolling around touchdown, um, and they lost by two. So they really found the bounces to lose that game last night. Uh, it doesn't help our resume, obviously, but um, exciting nonetheless. And, yeah, I made the split decision right before kickoff uh, in the NFL game last night to start Joe Burrow. He was sitting at about three fantasy points at halftime when I went to bed, so I was not in a great mood about that. But put up like 22 points. He uh, he turned it Should around. Should have had a rushing half. touchdown too, and they overturned it. So. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't have to live through that. I was I was blissfully asleep. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get into this here. I know we got uh, a little bit. Uh, administration to cover and then we'll dive in so I'll pass it back to you yeah so I mean first of all uh, as always make sure you're subscribed to the podcast we're going live three times a week all season long as uh, we're getting into week five here there's still plenty of season left so if there's anybody that uh, you know hasn't really been listening or that you have any friends that you think should listen make sure you share the podcast we really appreciate that subscribe 
Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, there's a follow button. We really appreciate that. And if you could go ahead and leave a Apple Podcast review, it takes about eight seconds out of your day, and it is greatly appreciated by us. So um, follow along on Twitter, at Standing Room MSU is the account. The other account is at Spartan Martin 18. That's to follow Scott. The links will be in the show notes uh, when you click on the episode. So now to get to the important thing here, Scott, it's the picks this week. And where's the best place to get updated lines, to bet on all the action, to get in on the week five college football slate? DraftKings Sportsbook. That's the only place. It's DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of the NFL. And to kick off this week's game, we have a special promo running for you. If you use the promo code TPPN when you sign up, you get $150 instantly when you bet $1 on any football game. That could be college. That could be pro. That could be the Detroit Lions heading to Soldier Field, what is currently Soldier Field in Chicago. I think they're a three-point dog against Justin Fields. That could be any one of the, the five or six games that we're picking here today. Uh, but what? bet $1 and receive $150 instantly. So all you got to do is you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football or any football game. Promo code TPPN. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Scott, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm pretty sure I just nailed that terms and conditions. Uh, let's get to the picks. Yeah, so we've got six games this week. We're going to make up for our, our slow week last week. We got a heck of a slate. We actually had to hold back on a couple decent games we were considering pick, uh, including in here. And, uh, and I'm excited about this one. So first... Did you know the famous like Bill Belichick uh, press conference the, on the Cincinnati that's that's what I am right now. I'm last week it doesn't exist in my universe. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to next week. We're on to week five. I, I don't want to talk about last week. I don't want to think about last week. I, I don't want any part of what happened I'm not, last week. In the I'm place. not letting you off the hook that easily. We're on to week five. Uh, we gotta update to the fans because the fans, the fans, even though they didn't even have a very good week last week, are now in first place. Um, Kevin went 0-4 last week, uh, so he's still sitting at 15 points. Uh, me and the fans both went 1-3, and three, each picked up a point. So the fans are now at 16, and I'm at 15, you're at 15. We're tied. The fans are drubbing us, dragging us through the mud. We got to catch up. So we threw an extra game in here. Hopefully that means extra chaos, and uh, hopefully that means we're going to take the lead. But before, as we get into our first game, Kevin, I have a little bit of trivia for you. Um, do you know how big the biggest turtle ever was? I'm a big turtle guy. 
and we're measuring turtles okay. this week. This is a big measuring stick game for Maryland tonight, the Terrapins. So how big was the biggest turtle ever? And I'm not talking now. I'm talking all time. You know, my girlfriend is a big turtle person as well. We she almost had a turtle in our apartment before we got a dog. And I'm happy we made that choice. Um, are we talking like weight or dimensions i have a i have both so i'll just let you, you okay can do length you can do width. i'll go i'll go with a 15 foot no bigger we're going 20 foot 110 pound turtle all right you you almost nailed the length 15 feet you had it and then you second guessed ah, yourself okay. you should have stuck to your gut what you were woefully wrong about was the weight. So there was a dinosaur turtle named Archelon that they found, 15 feet nose to tail, 13 feet flipper to flipper. It did not weigh 110 pounds. It weighed 4,900 pounds. <laughs> That's like an SUV yeah, floating around in the sea. So there you have it. Archelon, the giant dinosaur turtle, 5,000 pounds, 15 feet. All right, well, the lesson, the lesson learned in that trivia is, is stick to your gut, I guess. And There's a don't couple underestimate, of these games that don't, um, I think that rings true with. So. And don't underestimate the turtles. Fear uh, the turtle. The Terps are playing maybe their biggest home game in their Big Ten history tonight, 4-0. They're bringing number five Iowa into town to College Park. Iowa's also 4-0. Uh, Iowa's got a little bit stronger schedule so far and has looked uh, the part of a top 10 team. And right now the line is they're giving Iowa three and a half. So Iowa minus – actually giving Maryland three and a half. Iowa minus three and a half. Uh, tonight, a little Friday action for the picks, tonight at 8 p.m. on FS1. So, Kevin, we're going to start there. Turtles are getting measured tonight. What do you think? All right. So this has happened a couple of times. Maryland has gone through the beginning of their schedule, and they've looked pretty good. And then they get to the Big Ten slate, and they just fall apart. There was a game two years ago. Uh, Maryland, I believe, was 2-1. and one. Uh, They were coming in. It was actually a Friday night game against Penn State, and they were a trendy trendy pick. I think Penn State was giving something like seven and a half points. Everybody was on Maryland. I want to say like 80% of the public money was on Maryland. Friday night, home game, weird stuff happens. Penn State won that game 59 to zero. I don't think this one's going to be 59 to zero, but I don't think Maryland has played any defense that remotely resembles what Iowa's going to march out onto the field. I, the best defense they've played so far this year is either West Virginia or Illinois. And uh, I, I don't know if you've watched any Illinois football this year, but that defense is not good. Uh, I think Maryland is not going to be prepared to face a defense like Iowa is putting out there. Iowa's secondary is one of the best in the country. I think they're going to get some pressure on Talia Tungavailoa, and I feel pretty good about them covering this number. I think uh, Iowa's going to win this game by a touchdown and head back to Iowa City 5-0 and and in the top five. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. You mentioned Talia 
going up against that Iowa secondary. That's certainly the matchup of the night. Um, I don't think Maryland's got it. You mentioned their two Power 5 matchups so far. They did win both of them, but against West Virginia and Illinois, and they were both one-possession games. Uh, they didn't exactly you know, take care of business to the extent that you'd expect a 4-0 team to win a top-10 matchup. So, yeah, give me Iowa, um, maybe 10-ish points. So we're rolling on to the only – nope, one of two top-10 matchups this week. This is one of the most exciting matchups we've had in years, in my opinion. We've got a group of five team on the road ranked higher than a top 10 Notre Dame team and favorite. So Cincinnati is a one and a half point favorite, number seven Cincinnati, one and a half point favorite at number nine Notre Dame. I'm going way out of order because I skipped around, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, Notre Dame coming off a, a big win. Are they going to have an emotional letdown? They beat Wisconsin last week, 41 to 13 at home, or are they going to keep that momentum into this big, interesting, spooky matchup at home? Kevin, what do you think? So this is the game, Scott. I'm a little brother. You're a little brother. This is the game where, you know, you're, you're playing driveway basketball one-on-one And for years, you've been chipping away. You've been getting closer. You've been getting closer. And this is the game where you finally, you walk out to that driveway and you know, and your brother knows that you're a little bit taller. You've gained a little bit of weight, you know, in your high school football weight program or whatever. And you know, this is the one you're finally going to win. And that's how Cincinnati feels. They've been chipping away at this thing. And this is finally the game. This is the, this is the game they've been putting up 10, 11 win seasons for. You're going to a top 10 team on the road, a national program, one of the biggest brands in college football. And I don't think they're going to blink. I do not think they're going to be intimidated in the least I think in general, Notre Dame, as far as like a home field advantage, it's kind of similar to Michigan. It's that open bowl. It's not really that loud. I think Desmond Ritter can go in there and make enough plays. That Notre Dame, like final score against Wisconsin, that's not really indicative of that game. There were two pick sixes with like two minutes left to really push that score out to what it was. That was a three-point game up until there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then the doors just, you know, got blown off. But, yeah, I think Cincinnati rolls into this one. I don't think they blink. And I think they take down Notre Dame and give themselves a a real shot at the college football playoff later this year. So my gut instinct said take Notre Dame. You know, take – Take the big brother until the little brother proves he can do it. Um, And Notre Dame is certainly a big brother of college football. Um, But, you know, you inspired me. You inspired me. I want Cincinnati, and I was sitting there, and I was like, if you take Notre Dame here, you're going to be sitting there watching the game, and you're going to – one foot's going to be in Cincinnati, and one foot's going to be in Notre Dame. You're not going to know who you really want to win. I want Cincinnati to win this game just – for personal preference, I think it's a way more exciting story. Notre Dame's, they've had their moments, plenty of them. So I'm going to flip here. I don't know if it's the right pick, but 
I just want to sit there with my whole heart in Cincinnati. I was already kind of 50-50. So we're going to go Cincinnati. We're going to roll together on this one. Um, one and a half points might as well be a pick em. And uh, I love it. Go Bearcats. Yeah, and, and then you look at this Cincinnati schedule. They get through this one. They're in conference the rest of the way. They don't have currently another ranked matchup. Obviously, that could change depending on how the season unfolds. They've got UCF still on the schedule, Tulsa. Um, a couple teams that could uh, could present a challenge. But this is the game. You made it through Indiana. You make it to Notre Dame. You win this game. You solidify yourself in the top ten and you let the chaos ensue the rest of the way for all the other power five teams. And uh, you never know. I mean, this and, I is... and I don't know if you know this, Scott, this is another bit of trivia. Uh, this is a revenge game for Cincinnati. The last time these programs met, it was a 58 to zero Notre Dame win all the way back in 1900. So, you know, the Bearcats <laughs> are going to come out and, and play for their uh, I'm sure by now dead uh, former alumni. So Their great, great, great grandfather's <laughs> headstone says, you must beat Notre Dame in 2021. Uh, all right, so we're going to get back on track here. I was so excited I skipped ahead a couple of games. So back to the noon slate, the other top 10 matchup that I was trying to intro before, uh, before my uh, head short-circuited. A more traditional top 10 SEC matchup, um, my favorite Razorbacks, my one pick of the week that hit last week, number eight, Arkansas, 4-0, coming off a big win, gets an even bigger matchup on the road against number two, Georgia. I was really surprised about this line with how Arkansas has looked. They're giving Arkansas 17.5 on the road against the Bulldogs. Um, Kevin, 17.5? Yeah, that that kind of surprised me a little bit as well, but I'll keep this one pretty short. Arkansas really relies on their offense. This Georgia defensive line is right up there with some of the best like individual units I've ever seen in college football. Like, like there was a Clemson defensive line, I want to say like 2016, 2017 around there that had, you know, like five NFL draft picks, a couple first and second round picks. This Georgia defensive line is basically that. I don't think Arkansas is ready to play against that. Um, and does that mean they cover over two touchdowns? Um, I'll say yes. I, I don't feel great about it, I'll be honest, but I just think this defensive line is so dominant that our Arkansas is not going to know really what to do. They're going to have to go into different packages and and try to get the ball out faster and run screens and stuff because they're not going to be able to run their normal offense. So give me Georgia to cover just because that defensive line is unbelievably good. Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple here. Uh, Sam Pittman, he's kind of drawn on those Mark D'Antonio heartstrings for me, you know, new kid on the block in the SEC, reviving an old storied program in Arkansas in one of the toughest divisions in football. And I think they're going to have enough heart in this one to keep it close enough. I don't think they win, but I think they cover two and a half touchdowns. So give me, give me the Razorbacks, keeping it around 10 to 15 and, uh, and covering that spread. Um, should be a fun one. Should be a fun one, but I agree. Georgia, 
Um, they have they have not really blinked after that close Clemson ten to three win. They haven't allowed more than thirteen points all season. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup for the Razorbacks. A Clemson and win in, that doesn't look nearly as good now as it did uh, four weeks ago. No, it does not. But now one of the most fun matchups for Michigan State fans here. Um, an interesting one. Number 14, Michigan, has not won in Camp Randall, and I think you said like 20 years before we started mm-hmm. recording. Uh, they they travel to face a sputtering Wisconsin Badgers team at one and two, but Wisconsin's still favored by two points, two and a half. Wisconsin minus two and a half. Um, Michigan's running game has been good. Wisconsin's run defense has been great. Michigan's passing game's untested. Wisconsin's offense has looked kind of abysmal so far this year. So there's a lot of dynamics here. Kevin, does Jimmy get it done in Camp Randall for the first time in 20 years? Uh, Call it an emotional hedge. Um, Call it, I don't know, I guess whatever you want. The way, you know, I, I brought it up with the Notre Dame game. The way that Wisconsin lost that game, you were in it. It was, I want to say 13 to 10 into the fourth quarter and then just got the brakes beat off you in the fourth. And you, I think it was 31 to three was like the fourth quarter score of that game. I'm not sure that you can just bounce back and recover from that and, and beat a good team. And I think Michigan is a good team. I, I, I'm just going to take Michigan here because I, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be able to really recover from what happened on, on last Saturday afternoon. The way that they lost that game was, was just demoralizing. And I, I know they're back in their home stadium, but you know, you, you got to remember what happened last year to Michigan in this matchup as well. I, I think they're going to come out wanting to make a statement and uh, yeah, give me give me the Wolverines, give me Harbaugh to get this one done. Yeah, the the game last week, you're, you're right. They were Wisconsin was up thirteen to ten at the end of the third, and they lost forty one to thirteen. So it was actually a thirty one to nothing fourth quarter. Um, that's about as bad as it gets for a quarter of football, and it should provide enough motivation for the week of practice, certainly, but I agree that leaves some lingering thoughts in the back of your head. I think Michigan credit to them, all things considered has kept their head on straight a little bit better than they typically do, or at least the the energy around the program seems a little bit more focused this year than it has in years past when they have strong starts like this. I think they come into this one knowing they're the better team sticking to their brand of football for four quarters. I don't, I think it'll be pretty boring for the first half or so as, as these teams kind of feel each other out. I don't think Michigan's going to be feeling like taking too many risks knowing Wisconsin's offense is going to struggle. Um, I think it stays close for two and a half, three quarters, but I think Michigan pulls away, covers the two and a half. Um, and the hype train keeps rolling. Uh, on does towards it, does it make Lansing. you nervous? Like thinking about what happened last year? I mean, Wisconsin outran Michigan by over 300 yards in last year's matchup, 149 to 11. Is that in your head at all? or? I mean, is it in your head? Sure. I mean, it would be motivation for Michigan, certainly. Um, but 
Michigan's offense. They scored like, 49 points with 127 passing yards. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a bad, bad loss for Michigan, but Michigan was all sorts of – I mean, they couldn't keep their head on straight all season last year. Um, and their offense looks better this year, even if it's one-dimensional. Um, at least they have one dimension working for them. So I don't know. I mean, and, and Wisconsin looks worse than they did last year, weirdly. Um, they, they retained a lot of their pieces, just don't seem to be putting it together so far this year. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Both on Michigan last time we did that, they laid an egg last week against Rutgers and only won by seven. So we may be regretting that again. The fans will probably pick Wisconsin because the fans uh, are smarter than us. But – We'll keep rolling. And their uh, the, fans don't like Michigan. <laughs> the last top 15 matchup, almost a top 10 matchup, keeping it in the SEC here. Uh, number 12, Ole Miss, one of the fun, more fun teams in the SEC, Lane Kiffin's Rebels, um, led by Matt, is it Coral? Corral? I don't Corral. know. Corral. Corral. Like the Golden Corral. There we go. <laughs> The golden Matt Corral taking his talents to Tuscaloosa to take on the Tide. Wow, that was a lot of tease. Um, Alabama minus 14 and a half, so just over two touchdowns. Uh, Alabama's the favorite here playing at home. Ole Miss, one of the up and coming, just like Arkansas in the SEC. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? So first of all, this it has to be mentioned. We're not picking over-unders here. This is a 79-point over-under. That is absurd. That is absolute madness. A 79-point over-under. I remember the days when Alabama was beating teams like 12-3 to and 21-6. to This is not my Alabama Crimson Tide, but here we are. Um, the way I'm looking at it is pretty simple. You got a 79 point over under. That means both teams are probably going to be scoring a lot of points. You got two great offenses here. And that means one of the defenses just has to make two or three plays, right? You're not going to have to shut them down. You're not going to have to, you know, hold them to, to 20 points. You just got to make a couple plays. And do I trust Alabama's defense to make a couple plays to blow this one open a little bit in the third, fourth quarter? Yes, I do. Give me Alabama to cover that number. The defense just needs, you know, one or two key interceptions. They just need, you know, one forced fumble in the right spot. They, they just need one three and out. I mean, I, I think Alabama can get that done and give me them to cover uh, just over two touchdowns here. Yeah, this one's going to be – this one's going to be fun viewing this Saturday. It's at 3.30 on CBS. Um, for whatever reason, the CBS broadcast, I don't always – I don't know. I struggle to watch SEC games sometimes, but maybe it's just because I have some disdain for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for that. So, yeah, I think Alabama covers the same reasons you said. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I just think Alabama is a more complete team here. Um, they're going to win the track meet. 
in Tuscaloosa. I don't know if they're going to hit 79, but I hope they will because I'll probably that be watching. That is so absurd. That's like a Big 12, like a 79 points. second tier Big 12 offenses going after each other with no defense to back it up. Like we do have Baylor, Oklahoma State. So their over under is only 47 and a half. Make it make sense. Yeah, man, um, the Big 12 is, they're changing, man. There's, there's a lot of two tight ends in the Big 12. That's, that's, things are changing. Water finds like its it. level. Um, and finally, the last game of the week, maybe not going to steal the national headlines, but steals the headlines of our heart. Jeez, that was bad. Over under 64 and a half, pretty darn high for an MSU game. Um, number 17, Michigan State hosts number unranked Western Kentucky. Western <laughs> Kentucky's offense has looked effective in the passing game. They can score. Um, but they're one and two. They haven't really beat anybody of significance this year. They're coming to town. They're giving Western Kentucky 10 and a half in this one. Michigan State 10 and a half point favorite with an over under 64 and a half. Kevin, what do you make of that? Yeah, so the weekly PSA here, if you haven't listened to the preview, if you're listening to the picks and expecting a long breakdown, go back on Wednesday's show. We got a pretty long, lengthy preview for you where we're going through every matchup, so get that. Um, but I'll, I'll try to make it pretty quick here. I think what it comes down to for Michigan State is that last week we played a game that we should have lost, and I think everybody in that building knows it. And so I think this week of preparation, whether it's in the film room, whether it's on the practice field, I, I would imagine with, with the way that Mel Tucker has put together this program really is that they came out ready, prepared every single day to, to move on and, and continue playing good football because everybody in that building knows we should have lost last week. There's just no way around that you look at the box score you look at the stats you even watch the game we should have lost and I think they know that I think they're going to come into this week fully prepared I do not think we're going to overlook Western Kentucky I think we're going to come out and put a lot of points on the board I think Peyton Thorne knows he has to be better than he was last week I think the offensive line knows they have to be better than they were last week and I think they come out and make a statement here uh, give me Michigan State to cover this number. I, I mean, I'm looking at something like 37 to 20. If you're asking for a final score, I think Western Kentucky is going to put a couple drives together with this uh, passing attack, but hold them off in the red zone, put your own points on the board with our offense and get out of this one. Five and zero, oh, Michigan State. Yeah, I think Michigan State's got it this week. Um, I think our offense finds its footing again. Western Kentucky's defense has not looked great and they should be on the field quite a bit because their offense will either score quickly or not score, but quickly. Um, so we should have plenty of the ball should control the, the pace of this game. Uh, as long as our offense can keep moving the ball, got to get that running game going again, maybe hit a couple uh, deep balls early to get that, um, to get the score up a little bit. I think Michigan state wins easy here, 35, 17. And like you said, five and oh, um, all signs pointing to Michigan, Michigan State. Big matchup on October yep. 30th, I believe. Can we Halloween please weekend. can we please get like a six catch game from Jalen Naylor? Just give me something to to show me that the Thorn Naylor connection is is present. I mean, that has been so 
weird to watch this year. So give me, give me a, a nailer heavy game plan just to get those two on the same page. I'm, I'm all for it. I think you saw Thorne and Mosley start to come together last week. Mosley was our leading receiver. Naylor, that interception that, um, that Thorne threw last week was there. I was kind of frustrated. I was watching some of the film from that game, and, and Naylor had his guy one-on-one on the outside, and the safety was shying the other direction. And all Thorne had to do was put it on the numbers, same distance on the numbers, and he put it square in the middle of the field, right between the hashes and led to the interception. So the opportunities are there. I mean, we knew Peyton Thorne, one of his weaknesses coming into this versus his competition was his accuracy on the deep balls. So uh, he's hit Reed a few times, just got to see that connection with Naylor come through. You can see Naylor, his body language, he's getting a little bit frustrated. I'd love to see, like you said, a big game for him to get his head on straight again, find that connection, and, and our offense would just, I mean, that would just blow the doors off at that point. Everything would be rolling. So uh, keep an eye on that. This is certainly one of our last maybe tune-up games. I don't want to overlook it, but should have, should, if we take care of business, should have the opportunity to uh, to get some things worked out in the second half in this one if we want to. So hopefully we'll have a good, nice Saturday evening, a fun one. Don't have to stress. There's nothing worse than trying to go to bed after a stressful uh, college football game. So hopefully we'll take care of business and uh, we'll be feeling good Sunday morning. Yeah, well, let's get out of here, man. Hope everybody enjoys their Friday. We got Friday night football here with Maryland and Iowa. So if if you're not doing anything else, you'll have a game to watch. And then uh, a pretty good Saturday slate uh, as as conference play starts to uh, roll in for most of these teams. Let's get out of here. Uh, Hope everybody enjoys your Friday, enjoys your weekend. Stay safe. Have have a good time. I don't know. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks.